Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Ready or not, Christ Jesus is coming. So we see from scripture as the day approaches. So we need to be ready. We need to be ready for the one who willingly lay down his life for us. Christ Jesus made these seven resounding statements throughout the gospel of John. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was John 6.35. The Lord Jesus Christ also reiterated this statement in John 6.41, as well as verses 48 and 51. Jesus said this shortly after he had fed the 5,000, and the people wanted more food. But Jesus didn't want to keep filling their stomachs. He wanted them to see that physical food only satisfied hunger temporarily. But he was the one who could satisfy them spiritually. He was saying he is the bread that provides life. Amen. You got to understand, manna satisfied the physical needs of the Israelites in the wilderness, but only for a while. Christ satisfies our spiritual needs forever. Those who believe in Jesus have life. The manna in the wilderness satisfied 
temporary hunger and those who ate of it eventually died. Jesus provides the bread of life. That leads to life everlasting. Amen. And then we see him saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen. And we see this in John 8, 12. Christ Jesus made this statement during the Feast of Tabernacles. At this feast, a huge candle opera was lit in the woman's court of the temple. It reminded the Israelites of the pillar of fire that guided their ancestors during the wilderness wanderings. Christ Jesus made this statement just after forgiving rather than condemning the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery whom the Pharisees had brought before Jesus in the middle of his teaching. Jesus was letting them know that in a world darkened by sin, he is holy his light contrasts the darkness and he offers the light and guidance to those stumbling in sin. The people knew the Old Testament scripture for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Amen. We see this in Psalms 84, 11. In that instance, Jesus was epitomizing the character of God as a son, S-U-N, which provides light, a shield which protects, and grace which forgives for the glory of God. Amen. And then we see Christ Jesus saying, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastor. Amen. We see this in John 10. 7 through 9. This statement of Jesus was made during a discourse with Israel's religious religious leaders in which Jesus in so many words declared them to be unfit shepherds of that nation. According to the Nelson Study Bible, shepherds guided their flocks into, into stone enclosures each night to protect them. These structures had no doors. The shepherd would sit or lie in the opening to prevent predators from attacking. 
Thus, Jesus was describing his care and constant devotion to those who are his. Amen. This statement only reinforces what he said in John 14, 6 about being the only way to come to the Father. The only way to get into God's sheepfold or family or dwelling is to go through Jesus Christ, who is the door. Amen. And then we have him saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by them. Amen. We see this in John 10, 11 and in verse 14, beloved, I'm laying out all what Jesus has told us about himself so that we know whom we serve. Because with him saying this, that he is our good shepherd, he's describing his sacrificial love for his people. He was letting the Israelites know that unlike a hired hand, a hired man who will run and leave a flock unprotected in order to save his own life when the wolf threatens the sheep, he, on the other hand, glory be to God, will not abandon his sheep but will keep watch over his people. In John 10, 15 to 16, Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. He was talking about us Gentiles. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Amen. Christ Jesus was saying that both Jews and Gentiles will be one body, and there will be one Lord, one God, one Holy Spirit, one body. Amen. So, this was a prophetic utterance about his coming sacrificial death to save both the Jews and Gentiles who would believe in his name. Look, in Psalms 23, David referred to the Lord God as his shepherd. And in this passage... Jesus refers to himself as the ultimate good shepherd who was about to give his life for his sheep and fulfill the Father's plan of salvation for all people. Amen. And then we have him over here in John eleven twenty five, where he says, 
I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Amen. Jesus spoke this crowning statement of hope to his grieving friend, Martha, after her brother Lazarus had died. In the next verse, he he clarified his statement by saying, And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Amen. John eleven twenty six. Yes, Lord, we do believe this. Listen, death brought a sense of despair, hopelessness, and finality until Jesus spoke those glorious words and then demonstrated them by bringing his dead friend back to life. Shortly afterward, Jesus showed the world that he had conquered the grave when he himself rose to life three days after his death for the sins of all who would believe. According to 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-five, death no longer holds its sting. Why? Because Jesus has overcome the grave. All who are in Christ will live forever. Amen. The one who endures until the end, Jesus tells us in the Gospels that the one who endures until the end, that same man shall be saved. Amen. And then we have... John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. When the disciples were confused about Jesus' statements about heaven, Thomas asked what all of them must have been thinking when he asked this question, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. He was reiterating that all roads do not lead to heaven. Mm-hmm. Listen, there are not many. There are not many paths or religions to God. Christ Jesus is the only way to forgiveness, the only source uh, for truth and knowledge about God. And least we forget the only route to eternal life. Listen, Christ Jesus offers to spiritually dead people the very life of God, and there are no other options. Mm-hmm. This statement right here was significant 
to those of his day who were who were trying to gain access to God's favor through the law and through their good works. It is significant to us today. Why? Because we are surrounded by many beliefs and religions claiming access to God and a way to earn his favor and eternal life apart from Jesus alone. Yeah. The seventh I am statement recorded in the book of John Jesus says in John 15 verses 1 through 5 in part he says I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser He went on to say I am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and I in and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing amen listen jesus said this to his followers in the upper room on the night of his arrest and impending death the old testament contains many references to israel as god's vine we see this in psalm 80 verse 8 isaiah 5 verses 1 through 7 chapter 15 of ezekiel and hosea 10 verse 1 amen but because of the nation's unfruitfulness Jesus came to fulfill God's plan by abiding in or dwelling with or attaching ourselves to Christ. We enable his life to flow in and through us. Then we cannot help but bear fruit that will honor the father. Listen, in this metaphor, he is the gardener in him and in his and and in his nurturing tending and pruning you and i can grow to our potential and bear much fruit jesus was saying in essence stick close to me and you will be able to accomplish much for my father's glory. Amen. So beloved, I I just needed, I just felt compelled to give us those seven I am statements. This is whom we are waiting on. This is the one we love without ever seeing with our own eyes and therefore as the day approaches of his soon coming we must be prepared in the book of amos he tells us well he was telling this to israel but it applies to us as well 
to be ready to meet thy God. Beloved, this means we got to put away all the sin. We must come out from amongst this world and all of its satanic practices and corrupt value systems. Scriptures tell tells us that although we are in the world, we are not to be a part of it. No, and not only that, we must come away from the apostate church and all of their preaching of a false Christ, doctrines of devils, traditions and commandments of men that make the word of God of no effect. We must come away from false teachers and pastors and bishops and prophets. We must walk in love. We must, we must preach this great good gospel to the lost. We must wake up the sleeping religious brethren who thinks that we can stay in willful, deliberate, blatant, knowing sin and still meet God in glory. So, before we talk about this some more, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you that in times past, we were your enemies. Thank you for those precious feet who preach to us this gospel that when we repent, when we have a change of mind where we no longer want that sinful, wicked lifestyle, but we want to get on board with salvation. Once we've heard that you have made a way for sinners to be made right with you. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we can be reconciled back to you, actually have right standing. Well, we said yes. No longer is your wrath upon us. We understand going forward, we must sin not. Father, help us to understand that the day of Christ's coming is fastly approaching. That's why 1 Peter 5, 8 warns us, be of sober spirit, be on the alert your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Amen. And then we see Proverbs 4.23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Father, if we are not watching over our hearts, if we are not considering all the ways that we take before you, we will be sucked into 
the pits of vomit that we once came from. Satan wants to drag us back to darkness. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ tells us in Matthew 7, 15, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Amen. So, Father, it's no wonder, it's no marvel that if Satan comes as an angel of light, transforming into an angel of light, it's no no marvel that his ministers, because he got ministers too in the pulpit, preaching another Christ, preaching another gospel. There are false pastors whom Christ did not send. These are these hirelings that Jesus was telling us about in John 10. They came through another way. They did not come through him. And these are they who work for Satan. Seducing spirits. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 8, 33-34 tells us, Heed instruction and be wise, and do, not, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. Amen. Father, we know this is wisdom. This is Jesus Christ. Scriptures tells us that Jesus has been made wisdom. So he's telling us because over here in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman. She's saying Heed instruction and be wise. Don't neglect it because a blessed man is the one who listens to wisdom, who listens to Jesus, watching daily at the gates, waiting at the doorpost. Jesus tells us in John 10, 27, that His true sheep that are his own are those who knows his voice. They follow him and they listen to him. We obey Christ Jesus. So, Father, I ask for wisdom today, clarity of mind, discernment, May I have more of your grace, Father, and I pray that my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, that as we see the day approaching, that we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves, 
May we never give up in fellowshipping, whether that be in person, online, over the phone, at the job, down at the marketplaces. We we should look forward to to spending time with one another, going over the teachings, the sound, wholesome teachings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those of us who are truly his sheep knows his voice, Father. And we know one another to be his true sheep. Anyone who habitually stays in willful sin is not his sheep, but are of the devil. I know they don't want to believe that and they claim we are judging them. No, we are not. We are telling them they must repent. Why? Hebrews 10, 26. That if we deliberately, willfully, recklessly, rebelliously keep on sinning as we know that this day is approaching because some of us are taking this as if Jesus is coming in the next second. That's how much faith we have in his return and sad to say some of us in the body are procrastinating. They think this is sometime way down, 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 down the line. It may not even be in their own lifetime. Therefore, there is no real incentive to walk holy because they believe like some of us had in times past before we got the memo. You ain't playing with that lake of fire believe that we have enough time to straighten up and fly right. Thinking that at the 11th hour, we can repent real quick and be saved. But what if Jesus comes back at 1045? 15 minutes earlier because we were looking at the 11th hour and he came at 1045. Are we to be like those five foolish virgins who thought they had enough time to go get the oil they they should have had ready? Father, May we be like those five wise virgins that stayed ready. Even though we go to bed, we sleep with one eye open and one ear alert. So if we hear that trumpet, we know to grab our lamps and oil and go meet our bridegroom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for saving us. Thank you for your perfect plan of salvation. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. 
Amen. Amen. Beloved, listen. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. Mm-hmm. And Mark eight fifteen, he said, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. He is talking about the hypocrisy going on in the church. My friend, listen, we got to be watchful. We have to be ever ready. We got to be at the ready. I'm feeling, I'm feeling this burden in me that the hour of our Messiah, it is so close for him to come. If we look around the world today, we see that the, that the season is ripe because we know no man knows the day, the hour in which he will come. But guess what, beloved? Christ Jesus left us some clues. And if we are Bible students, we know Bible prophecy is being unfolded right before our very eyes. This is not the hour to walk in fear because we know it has to it has to play out as the book of Revelation teaches us. We know there will be a new world order. We know there will be a one world leader, the Antichrist, and he will have a false prophet. Beloved, I want to say this. And I'm and and I'm choosing my words carefully. We know that if we are that generation to witness the the institution of that mark of the beast. The church will be on this earth during that time. Now, I know through false teachings, we were led to believe that the church will be raptured out of here before all of that goes down. Study the book of Revelation. Pray to the Father. Ask that the Holy Spirit gives you clarity because we will, in fact, be on this earth. So now listen. But before I get off into all of that extatology, because I love Bible prophecy. Listen. We got to be ready. It seems easy to, to claim the name when there are no restrictions about what you can buy and what you can sell, you got to be ready for that. 
You got to be ready for when that mandate comes out that you can't eat, you can't work, you can't sell, you can't do anything unless you pledge allegiance to Satan by taking his mark and bowing down and worshiping his image. Because let us not forget what Revelation 14 tells us, what will happen to the one who does. So let us go to it. Revelation 14, 6 tells us, Then I saw another angel. This is John, one of Jesus' apostles' disciple. He was he was banished. He was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. This was a rocky region, prison type of place. He would not stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and rightly so, he was shipped to this rocky region as punishment. The Lord Jesus Christ allowed him to see this revelation, this open vision by an angel. This angel was giving John these, this whole revelation of Jesus Christ. What is, what's to come, and what's going to happen on the day of the Lord. So here we are, Revelation 14, verse 6. John was saying how he saw another angel flying in mid heaven with an eternal gospel to preach to the inhabitants of the earth, to every nation, tribe, and language, and people. And he said with a loud voice, Now, if the church was not going to be here, why did it say to the inhabitants of the earth? to every nation, tribe, language, and people. It doesn't make any exclusion. So, he said with a loud voice, this angel, Fear God with awe and reverence and give him glory and honor and praise in worship because the hour of his judgment has come with all your heart worship him who created the heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of life amen then another angel because this is the doom for proud babylon then another angel a second one followed saying fallen Fallen is Babylon the great. She who has made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her immorality, corrupting them with idolatry. Amen. And then we have verse 9. This is about the doom for worshipers of the beast. Then another angel, a third one, 
followed them, saying with a loud voice, Whoever worships the beast and his image and receives the mark of the beast on his forehead or on his hand, he too will have to drink of the wine of the wrath of God, mixed, undiluted into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone, which is what? Flaming sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. We know that to be Jesus Christ. And the smoke, verse 11 of Revelation 14, the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name, here is encouragement. Listen, okay? I know what we've been taught, that the church will not be here during this time because this time frame right here we are looking at about three and a half years in. So, verse 12 tells us that the church will be on the earth when this third angel makes this proclamation. Listen to verse 12 because we've been taught a pre-tribulation rapture. Verse 12 says, listen, here is encouragement for the steadfast endurance of the saints, God's people, those who habitually keep God's commandments and their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, beloved, that tells us this angel, the word of God, is encouraging the, the, stat, the, the steadfastness and the endurance of the saints. Why would he be encouraging us if we were not here to witness the Antichrist institute his mark because that don't happen until he stands in the third temple declaring himself to be God committing the abomination of desolation if we were not on the earth that don't happen until three and a half years in. And shortly after that, if not before that, but around that same time frame, he will, he will institute this one world currency, the mark of the beast. What that is, we don't know, but we see it is gearing up for it. So this angel is giving God's people those who habitually keep his commandments and their faith in Jesus Christ. He is encouraging us 
to remain faithful and endure nonetheless. And don't take this mark because if you take it, he's telling us what's going to happen. He told us up in verse 10. He too will have, listen, whoever worships the beast and his image and receives the mark on his forehead or on his hand, well, he too will have to drink of the wine of the wrath of God, mixed, undiluted into the cup of his anger. And he, talking... He's talking to the church because in the book of Revelation, as we read how God is pouring out judgment after judgment, the Bible tells us no one is repenting. And as as we have read it in times past and currently, we're like, wait a minute. All this stuff is happening and people are still not repenting. Beloved, please put away all of those left behind books talking about there will be tribulation saints that 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 sinners during this time witnessing God's judgment, they will come to Christ. No, they won't. That's Hollywood. That's not scripture. And beloved, you will be surprised. Listen, my little hand is raised. Because when when I was ignorant to eschatology, I thought those men who wrote those books were godly men, children of God. No, that's fiction. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are to go by the word of God. So if the word of God says no one was repenting, then no one was repenting. There there will be no tribulation saints. Because some say, well, this angel was talking to those who got left behind. That they shouldn't take the mark of the beast. No, 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 and no. You've believed the writings of men who claim the name who were clearly not of Christ Jesus. So, listen. Verse 13. Okay, listen, don't take my word for it. You crack open up your Bible and you sit with Holy Spirit to get this understanding. And this is why we got to be ready because we can claim Jesus name when everything seems to be okay. We see some craziness going on in the world, but quote unquote, it's not that bad yet. Okay, keep playing because secretly they are preparing for their antichrist if he's not already here on the scene. You got to understand this world is wicked and vile and their father is Satan and they meet in secret about the agenda their whole new world order and 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 how 
how it's all going to plan out. Listen, these people truly believe that they are going to beat Jesus when he returns. Listen, Satan has told his puppets about Jesus coming. They know Jesus is coming and in their puffed up minds, they believe they can create AI robots. They can create all of this scientific waves and I'm not getting into all of that, but they believe that they have a way to defeat Jesus when he returns. Yeah, they are going to be sorely, sorely mistaken. So look, verse 13, then I heard the distinct words of a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed, happy, prosperous to be admired are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, blessed indeed, says, says the spirit, so that they may rest and have relief from their labors for their deeds do follow them. Amen. And look, verse 14. And again, beloved, listen, Christ Jesus already warned us, do not let anyone lead you astray. If we be that generation on this earth, when that antichrist shows up and, and if need be, we go to the guillotines for the name of Jesus. He's telling us we are blessed. He says, blessed are the dead who die, who die in the Lord from now on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now on from what? Once that mark of the beast gets instituted, and if you don't take it, you're going to be beheaded. And the Lord is saying, you are blessed. You will be blessed that from now on, once that mark gets instituted, and after that, because you love Jesus more and you understand the ramifications of taking that mark and you tell the Antichrist and his minions, no way, no how, I ain't doing it. They will quickly ship you off to be beheaded. Amen. Folks, listen, behind the scenes, these people are preparing guillotines. They are purchasing them. Anyway, I say, point me to the guillotine. So this will not be the hour to be chicken hearted. Christ Jesus set his face as flint when he went to the cross 2,000 plus years ago, dying for you and for me. And so you mean to tell me that if we are here, that because we want to eat and we want to buy and sell and we, and we value and treasure our lives more to, to save it rather than dying in the Lord and be blessed for it. You got to make sure you're ready. And this is all what I've been as of late preparing us. We must be prepared to meet the living God. Now look, Revelation 
14, verses 14. This is about the reapers. Now listen to this. John was saying, again, I looked. And this is what I saw. A white cloud and sitting on the cloud was one like the son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle of swift judgment in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple calling with a loud voice to him who was sitting upon the cloud, put in your sickle and reap at once for the hour to reap in judgment has arrived because the earth's harvest is fully ripened. So he who was sitting on the cloud cast his sickle over the earth and the earth was reaped. It was judged. Amen. Listen to this. Come down to verse 18. Verse 17. Then another angel came out of the temple, sanctuary in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. And another angel came from the altar, the one who has power over fire, and he called with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Put in your sharp sickle and reap the clusters of grapes from the vine of the earth, because her grapes are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle to the earth and harvested the grapevine of the earth and threw the grapes into the great wine press of the wrath and indignation of God as judgment of the rebellious world of of the rebellious world and the grapes in the wine press were trampled and crushed outside the city and blood poured from the wine press reaching up to the horses bridles for a distance of 1600 of 1600 stadia amen which is about 200 miles so folks listen listen and listen up the day of the lord will be no joke this is why we must prepare ourselves listen people got christ jesus all the way backwards they think that he is just some babe in a manger just so meek mild-mannered that he never yells he will he will never judge anyone he is savior he is love he 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 is all about kumbaya really are we not reading about the same jesus christ who is coming as the lion of judah He's coming with fire. Listen, 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 is telling us when Jesus returns with his angels in flaming fire. 
taken vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Amen. Again, beloved, are you ready? Are you ready to meet the clean the the king of glory? Listen. What I want to give you. Yep. 1 Corinthians 16:13. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men, be strong. Mm-hmm. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. Mark 14, 30, Mark 14, 38. He is saying the same thing over here. Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. Why? The spirit is willing, but that flesh, oh, it is weak. Uh-huh. And listen, back over there in Deuteronomy 4.15, the Lord was telling them, so watch yourselves carefully since you did not see any form on the day of the Lord. On the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire. Amen. Listen. 1 Kings 2.4 So that the Lord may carry out his promise which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons are careful of their way to walk before me in truth with all of their heart, and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Amen. Beloved, from the Old to the New Testament, we are told to be ever watchful, vigilant, alert. Why? Because Jesus, the Messiah, is coming again. He came the first time as Savior dying for the sins of the world. And if we say no to such a wonderful salvation, well, what is left? Only an expectation of raging fire. Yeah, so Amos 4.12 God says, Therefore, Thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. Uh Uh-huh. Listen, this verse states an eternal principle with God. The words are an invitation and a warning to every generation. Prepare to meet thy God. Listen. I'm going to tell you a little story, okay? Nearly a hundred years ago, the largest railroad company in the United States saw the danger and death 
that so often resulted from the collision of their of their steel locomotives with cars and trucks at railroad crossings. And so the company offered a prize of $2,500. And we know that was a ton of money, right? They offered this prize to the person who would suggest the three best words to be used as warning words at railroad crossings. So the person wise enough and fortunate enough to win the prize offered three words which you have often you have often seen, right? Stop, look, and listen. Each of these three words costs $833, but the words are of no avail whatsoever for the safety of persons crossing railroads unless they are obeyed. Mm-hmm. What good is the word stop if people don't stop? What protection does the word look offer if one doesn't look? What warning does the word listen give if we don't listen? So, just so you can come in contact, just because you come in contact with lots of teachings about preparing for heaven, people still go to a burning hell because they were not prepared. They did not stop, look, and listen. So, we know every word of the text is extremely simple. The Bible says, prepare to meet thy God, thy God. Simple, right? Every one, two, three, four, five, five words in this text. The Lord is telling us to be prepared to meet him. So to prepare simply means to get ready, get ready for for death, get ready for the judgment, get ready for the coming of the Lord. The scriptures are saying that people are not ready to meet God when they are born into the world. Mm-mm. God says that every person is born in iniquity. This means that our sins must be covered in order to meet him in peace. Amen. And the Bible is also clear, also clear in declaring the fact that nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ can remove sin. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Beloved, listen. The word prepare is very simple. It is not a mystery to anyone. The words of the text are not a problem in mathematics. No, everyone knows exactly what they mean. 
prepare to meet thy God means get ready to meet God. That is as clear as the noonday sun. Oh yeah, and yet the simple, what I say five words, one, two, three, five words are are seemingly misunderstood because listen, people listen, people get ready to marry, some get ready to go on vacation trips. Most get their children ready for the first year in school. Many get ready for old age by by taking out pensions, going on retirements. In fact, most people get ready for everything and anything except for the most important thing in this life and in eternity. And that is to meet God. Listen to these simple words of the Bible. Get ready to meet your God. Because, beloved, the certainty of this meeting will go down. There is one thing certain. All must meet God. Listen, the rich and the poor, the old and the young, the learned and the unlearned, will all meet God. Listen, you may have canceled a lot of appointments here in this life, but there is one date you and I are going to keep. Hebrews 9.27 As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Amen. Listen. You and I have to face the God who made us. The scripture says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Amen. And that's Romans fourteen twelve. Listen. You might die suddenly and be ushered into the presence of God without any advance notice. Listen to this other story I got for you all. Yes, I got I got a lot of stories today. So listen. An old preacher in Scotland who was rather eccentric went to the shop of a man in his community one day. The shopkeeper says, I was busy in my shop when right into the midst of my work in stepped the preacher without knocking and without giving a word of announcement. The preacher said, did you expect me? No, sir, I didn't, the shopkeeper replied. The preacher paused a moment and then said grimly, what if I had been death? And then he turned and departed as quickly as he came. The shopkeeper, when telling this experience, says it caused him to stop and think. Hmm, don't that sound like repentance? Because it is. Repentance is all about stop, think, and turn and go the other way. Straight to God. Amen. And so it caused him to stop and think. And as a result of of the incident, 
he turned to the Lord Jesus in what? Repentance and faith. Amen. Have we been not talking about this on the podcast? About what repentance is all about? Listen. Salvation comes through repentance. Beloved, listen. We find salvation through the cross, but we need to repent. There must be a changing of your mind. So without a changing and reflection of the way you are living, knowing you're not going to live forever, and God's judgment is waiting for the one who rejects the gospel. So that should make a person stop, think, and turn. Amen. So listen. For the one who follows Jesus to meet God will be a thrilling experience. The apostle Paul near the close near the close of his life said, I am now ready to be offered and and the time of my departure is at hand. We see this in 2 Timothy 4, 6. Listen, death came shortly after he had uttered those words. But for the unbeliever, meeting God, meeting God will be a frightening experience. The Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. Hebrews 10, 31. And again, the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Amen. But let us not get it twisted. By no means will he clear the guilty. Amen. We see this in Numbers 14, 18. So, If you resist God's love and refuse his salvation and despise his warnings, the day you stand before him will be a dreadful day. Amen. And we want to stand before Jesus Christ at the Bema seat so that we may receive rewards as a faithful servant of his while in the body because all that we do for Christ today while still in the body suit it will be tried by fire it will be tested to see the quality the worth and the motive what motivated you to live a holy life so That's why I stay saying on the podcast, we must consider all the ways we take. We must live circumspectly. We must look over the course of our lives daily. Are we remaining? Are we remaining? Are we abiding in Christ Jesus or or? Have we somehow found our ways back over there in the world? So, the doctrine of one saved, always saved, is false 
and damnable. First of all, we ain't safe yet. Why? Because we are still living and we have the propensity to go back on Jesus and get ourselves entangled and enslaved by sin again. That's why he tells us to remain in him, to stand firm. Don't let no one lead you astray. There will be many coming in his name, talking about they are the Christ. Paul warns us about this time that there will come a day where people, not sinners, he's talking about those who claim the name, will not endure sound doctrine. Yes, people don't want the wholesome teachings of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, when you bring to them what thus saith the Lord, and these are they who say they are born again, reject the teachings of Jesus Christ. They will tell you, well, I don't believe it. Okay, guess what? Jesus believes it because he spoke these very words. For some reason, they believe that that, that these are, are our words, our opinions, our recommendations. Absolutely not. Listen, we got to fall in line just like you got to fall in line. We don't get a free pass just because we out here preaching the gospel, calling men to repentance, letting them know that certain sins will most certainly send you. And I straight to a burning hell. I can't list all of them on my sign. I can take one sin at a time. Okay? So listen. Because it is absurd to even think about we got enough time. All of this procrastination that's going on. Listen. God's justice demands that we must be punished for our sins. But his love has provided a remedy. Amen. And that remedy is the death of his own son. Listen, Isaiah says, The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. And in order that Christ's death becomes effective as an atonement for our sins, we must receive him as Lord and Savior. Listen, the tendency is to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. So we know to procrastinate means to put off until later. The Bible tells us how Paul, <laughs> this is crazy, how Paul preached to to Felix. He was the Roman governor of Judea. Paul was preaching to him about God's plan of salvation. And Felix answered, as opposed to saying, yes, Lord, I repent. I confess I'm a sinner. You right. I'm on my way to hell. Save me. Oh, no, no. This is what Felix said. He said, 
go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for you. <laughs> and we see this in Acts 24, 25. And guess what? Guess what? We see this happening today. I already told you. Okay. Many of us might die before 1045 tonight. Waiting on the 11th hour to come to Christ Jesus. Mm -mm. It's a dangerous thing. It is always a dangerous thing to procrastinate. And if we thought that was bad, it is foolish. It is the greatest mistake you can ever make of rejecting Jesus Christ. Beloved, we know this truth, right? Salvation is a gift. It is not something that can be earned. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Romans 6.23. Listen, sin is pictured as a master who pay who who pays wages and the awful wages of sin are the separation of body and soul from the presence of God forever but if the wages of sin is death we would rather incline to think that the second part of the verse should read the wages of holiness is life. But it simply says the gift of God is eternal life. Amen. Listen, eternal life is a gift. God absolutely refuses to sell salvation. Mm -hmm. Listen, on the last page of your Bible, you will find this final invitation. And the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that hear it say, come and let him that is thirsty come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Amen. We see this in Revelation twenty-two seventeen. I can't say it enough. Salvation is the free gift of God. And many are hoping that by works and good deeds and ceremonies and lots and lots of church activity, they'll be prepared for this meeting with God. Okay, because the Bible says we are saved not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. Amen. Titus 3, 5. Listen, no person can ever stand up and say, I've done so-and-so and God owes me salvation. Oh, absolutely not. Listen, just so we are clear, good works are extremely important in the life of the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they will never atone for one's sins. We are saved through faith in Jesus when we repent. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to the earth, shed his blood on Calvary, and, and, 
and, and took our sins upon himself. Listen, by this act, he secured pardon for our sins when we remain in him. Mm -hmm. Listen, this is a favor that God did for us and God offers this salvation as a gift to you. But if you don't receive the gift, if you reject the pardon, again, my, your only expectation is fiery judgment. Listen. Acts 16.31 and Acts 2.38 talks about how, <clears throat> how Peter, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when he was asked on the day of Pentecost, after he preached that good gospel so hard and so good, it pricked the hearts of those who heard it, they wanted to know, brothers, tell us, what must we do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He told them to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So beloved. We see the pattern. We see. If a person wants to know. How they are to be saved. It is not by asking Jesus. To come into your heart. It is not reciting. Some unscriptural. Unbiblical sinner's prayer. It is not shaking the hand. Of the wolf pastor. Who may. And unbiblical, because we never see, we never saw Jesus doing this. We never saw any of the apostles making an altar call, and you ran down an altar crying and snotting and being so emotional, shaking the pastor's hand. And he said, Welcome to the family. And then he ushered you all to a side door where. Someone was waiting with a membership card and some scraps of paper for you to read overnight. Fill out the card and we'll see you next week. And don't forget your 10%. No. Peter showed us the pattern. We are to first repent. Once we do that, we need to get baptized Oh, yes, as a symbolic gesture that just like Christ, we we died. We were crucified with Christ. Being submerged under water is like dying. Coming up out of the water is like resurrection. But we do know being baptized is not what makes a person born again. He is telling us, repent. Change your mind, change your life. Then go on and get baptized. Why? Because once you repent, your sins can be remitted. And then you will, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So 
in order for a person to have their sins forgiven, they must repent. Please don't get it twisted. We know salvation comes through the cross. But how do you partake of this salvation as a sinner person? Looking looking to have their sins forgiven. What must a person do in order to receive this gift that we didn't earn? There's nothing we could have done. How do you prepare yourself to receive this wonderful gift from God? You got to have a change of mind. That's what repentance is all about. It's all about changing your mind, turning around, doing a 180, coming to Christ so he can forgive you of your sins and going forward, you are now, you have now committed your life to him in, in, excuse me, in my throat, in devotion, you are. You have now committed your life to obedience and your life will change. Once you change your mind, the behavior will also change. And how do we do this? By our own strength? No. The next step, if you will, is not steps. I'm just, I'm just saying steps. I'm, I'm trying to lay out the pattern. So calm down. Then we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He is our comforter. He helps us in this sanctification process. We are now consecrated unto God, set apart for holiness, and we walk in righteousness and obedience thereafter. So... To close this out, we must be ready. We must, we must be ready to meet the true and the living God. Beloved, I can't express this enough. We must stop sinning. You and I got to get real serious about our salvation. We must be totally on board with God's redemption and salvation plan. No man will enter God's kingdom without holiness. We must be in right standing on the day we die or if Jesus returns before then. Mm-hmm. So it means watching, looking around your life. Are you remaining true to the calling? Do do you find yourselves making allowances for, as you say, small sins here and there? Are you are you compromising your faith? Because you want to go to the movies or you want to go to the club or you want to have a drinking party. Jesus said in, what's this, Matthew 
Matthew 7. He said in Matthew 7, 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go on in their act, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few, few there be that find it. Amen. Listen to this translation. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Amen. And if we come down to verse 21 of Matthew 7, Jesus was saying who his true disciples are. He said, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter on judgment day. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Amen. And listen, he goes on to he goes on with this with this teaching about building on a solid foundation verse 24 anyone who anyone who listens to my teaching to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. Why? Because it is built on bedrock. But anyone, listen in. This is where a lot of people are missing it. Listen, I know in times past, we were, we were slipping and sliding, but now... We got to be on the straight and the narrow because of verse 25. Verse 26. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. Amen. Because who does that? Who in their right mind will build a house that you plan on living in and raising your family? Who will build it on sand? On sand? Only a fool. And likewise, only a foolish person, when they hear, 
the teachings of Jesus Christ and obey it not is just like a foolish person who will who will actually build a house on sand. Don't you know anytime sand gets wet, it starts to sink? Because listen up what he says. Verse 27, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Amen. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Amen. Yeah. So, it will do us, it would do us all well to follow all the teachings of Jesus Christ. If we are not clear about something, beloved, please pray to the Father, ask for wisdom, sit with Holy Spirit, because you do not want to be like this house crashing. Nope. And this crash looks a whole lot like that lake of fire, if you ask me. Because you see, I take... I'm taking Jesus, all his words, literally. When when he talks about there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, I believe it. I believe every bit of what John saw over here in Revelation 20, namely verse 15. Whosoever name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life, they will be thrown into the lake of fire. Amen. That should terrify you. It terrifies me. Amen. Every time I read or or um hear about someone dying, I'm I'm looking through that small article, what type of life did this person lead? Because for the most part, they lived a life apart from Jesus. And as many glowing comments that family and friends and co-workers have to say about that person, if that person died without Christ, all of those compliments are falling to the ground. That person's soul is being tormented in hell's fire are waiting for this final day of judgment. So I, I, I'm just so reflective about how we live our lives. Beloved, please stop sinning. Commit yourselves. Devote yourselves to Christ Jesus. For real, for real. And stop playing all these church games and stop going through the motions and stop thinking you got all the time in the world to come to Christ when you don't know he's coming at 1045 and you thinking 11 o'clock, you still got time. No, no, we don't. So there we have that. Yeah, I pray that this gave all of you, like it gives me, 
something to think about. Stop being so busy with your life that you don't take two seconds to think about eternity. Our focus, beloved, must be on eternity because that's where your spirit will spend and it's going to be either the kingdom of God or the lake of fire. So I don't I don't know about you all, but I be thinking about this. I do. I I I really do. And sometimes it, it terrifies me and sometimes it brings me great joy. Great joy. And then what's what makes me sad about it is that when I read about people, my my family, people in my family has died, young folk died without being in Christ. So right now, they are weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Listen, the horrors of hell are untold. Okay, Jesus gave us a glimpse. He gave us the Bible. Let me think. Yep, the Bible only one time talk about, the Bible gives us a name of a literal person who is in hell still to this day. Lazarus, the rich man, Lazarus. He said that he is in torment in these flames. He wasn't making that up. That's not fiction. This is a story about a true person. Jesus told this story. This was not a parable. This was actually a story about, no, 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 no. His name wasn't Lazarus. Lazarus was the beggar, the rich man. I don't even think he even, he never said his name. He just said a rich man. Mm-hmm. See, Lazarus was in that upper portion of hell, which was called Abraham bosom. Those were where uh, saints went before Jesus came and led captive out of, out of captivity. But those who, who, who died in the Lord went on to Abraham's bosom and there was a huge chasm. No one from either side could go to the other. Mm-mm. And so the rich man who thought he can still run Lazarus around wanted Father Abraham to go tell Lazarus to go dip his finger in some water because he's being tormented in these flames. And Abraham told him, no, we can't do that. We can't come over there and you can't come over here. And so the rich man said to Abraham, well, someone go and tell his brothers who were living high on the hog and no doubt in sin about how not to come to this place. And, and Abraham said, no, they got Moses, meaning they got the law. They know what to do and what not to do. They, they not going to believe it anyway. If someone come back from the dead and just like today, listen, I'm going to let y'all go because see, People don't believe Jesus for nothing. And these are, these are they who claim his name. And then when you bring to them his teachings, 
that 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 goes against a sin that they are in now they don't want to believe Jesus but they believe him as Lord and Savior folks we better wake up we better wake up father in the name of Jesus Christ we long we long for the day where there will will there where there will no longer be a curse upon anything for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, Everything you have Heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy in this book, written in this book. I, John am the one who heard and saw all these things and when I heard and saw them I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me but he said no don't worship me I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers the prophets as well as all who obey what is written in this book Worship God only. Amen. Father, the Lord Jesus Christ says in verse 12 of Revelation 22, Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last the beginning and the end. Amen. Verse 6, verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare. To everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, 
if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is faithful witness. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.